Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, I need to apologize for another podcast interview that has a little wonky sound. Mercury is in retrograde, and I don't know if any of you guys are boo-boo, but technology is just not my friend when Mercury is in retrograde. So we did have a little, you know, few oopsies, but I did my best to make it sound great, and I hope you guys will enjoy the information that Pam's going to share. Hey guys, today I'm here with Pam. Pam Travis founded Nutrition to Heal Yourself and is passionate about cooking easy, healthy, real food meals, all while managing life as a military spouse and mom of three young boys. Yes, that cooking cooking healthy can be a struggle when you have children because you're just like, I just want to feed them. Put food in their mouth. Just do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pam has been around the world and back again, literally. In 1999, she sold everything she owned to backpack through South America, Australia, Thailand, India, and the European Union. Wow, that must have been a beautiful travel. Like, I can just only imagine. Uh, She found herself back in the States with a newfound love and appreciation for life. Then 9-11 happened, and she couldn't find work, so she enlisted in the Army as a combat, combat medic. While in the Army, she met her now husband and served a year in Iraq. After finishing her time in, the ser- in service, she acquired her culinary degree, a certification in holistic nutrition consulting, and launched her own business. Her articles and recipes can be found on Food Matters, The Brick Magazine, MilitarySpouse.com, and Mompreneur Media. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for your service. I know that being a military spouse myself, that this is not an easy life. And I give even bigger props to those that were in the military and then married somebody in the military. And so it just continues <laughs> just in a different way. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit about your journey of, you know, discovering what it is you do today. Like that's a, that's quite a, a little, a little trip, you know, from combat medic to actually working with nutri- nutrition now. Right. Yeah. Well, I really think it all sort of started with my travels too, because it was sort of just seeing the world and smelling it and tasting it all around the world. Um, I've always been a foodie, so I've always loved food. And I knew I had a dream of going to culinary school one day, but it was sort of going around and tasting all of the flavors and just really getting a feel. Cause a lot of what you taste in America is very watered down or, you know, switched from the actual cuisine in the countries. And it just, it just changed my outlook on everything in life. So I really think that really kind of shifted my life a lot. Um, and then I never, ever thought that I was going to be in the army. Like that was never on my list, never on my agenda. And But I also knew from challenges I'd been through life that I could do anything for a few years if I needed to. 
and I wanted my college paid for. I didn't want to take on that debt. And so I thought, sure, I'll sign up for a few years. You know, I was older when I enlisted. So all of the, the, the games and stuff that they played didn't have me like crying. I just kept thinking like, okay, I'll get in shape. I'll be in the best shape I've ever been in, you know? <laughs> um, whereas a lot of the younger people, it just really like broke them down. And then I met my husband and then we went off to Iraq. So that was kind of good. We got to see each other at least about once a week. And he really encouraged me to go to culinary school because it's something I'd always wanted to do, but I almost felt it wasn't going to be enough or, or I don't know. I, I wouldn't allow myself to do it. I sort of had this traditional role that I felt I needed to go down and sort of when I when he sort of helped me realize, like, no, that's what I really want to do. I did it. Absolutely loved it. Like going to college and cooking every day was amazing. I spent the whole day in the kitchen. That was like my, my dream education. But then when I had the degree, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, I don't want to open my own restaurant. That was not on my plans. Um, but I kind of wanted a little bit more than just being a line cook because I was going to start mm -hmm. out making about $9 an hour. And that just wasn't really what my goal was either. So it sort of shifted into I wanted to go to nutrition school, but I really wanted the brick and mortar online school kind of scared me. I thought maybe I wasn't going to be committed enough. And so... Um, yeah, we were going to go move to Korea. And I thought this is the perfect time to get back in school. Totally foreign country, two years, not going to know anybody there. I can buckle down and get the schooling done. And so absolutely loved my online school. It's funny, I'd had all of these preconceived notions and it was none of that. So once again, big learning lesson there. And then I had my degree and I wanted to work. I wanted to help people. I wanted to use it. And I was in Korea as a holistic <laughs> practitioner. Like it didn't, it just wasn't going to happen. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to start my own business. That's how I'm going to have work. It sounds so easy. I'll start my business. I'll start teaching people how to be healthy. But then there's so many layers to being an entrepreneur and starting your own business that I was very naive about. <laughs> I think we all are. So in Korea, <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know, there's a big learning curve <laughs> when you start your own business. Um, and in Korea, I really started by giving tours of the local outdoor market because I loved them. I loved the produce. I loved the challenge of sort of um, interacting because nobody really spoke English. We were in the country in Korea and we weren't stationed on living on post. We were actually living in Korea. And that intimidation factor was really a, a, too much for a lot of soldiers and their spouses and contractors. So they really just um, were afraid to get out there and try it. And I knew it was so much better and fresh and nutritious than what they were going to be getting um, on post. So I started giving free tours and that's sort of how grassroots kind of marketing and getting the word out there that I was there and um, teaching people you can take Korean produce, but still cook your American dishes. You don't have to cook Korean food with Korean produce. So it was kind of a win-win for everyone because the farmers loved it. They saw that I was bringing people to them every handful of days. And then, yeah, you know, just a little bit of charades to buy something and, you know, you'd have your, have your fresh produce. So I miss those markets. They were amazing. 
I bet. And it must've been interesting learning to cook with new and different, you know, ingredients. Like that just sounds like so much fun. Sometimes when I'm walking to the store and I see something different, I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what that is. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then you got to get home and taste it a little bit and figure out how you're going to use it. Yeah. It's like your, your own personal, you know, challenge in the kitchen competition within yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. So you were in Korea and teaching these, taking these Americans to try different things at the the market and showing them how to cook with it. So what transitioned from that to this nutrition to heal? That's, that's a little bit different than just trying different foods. That's, you're actually using food to heal your body. How did that come about? Exactly. Um, Well, my husband and I were trying to start our family. And here I'd spent so many years terrified of getting pregnant. (laughs) And then (laughs) when I finally started trying to child, I thought it's just going to be so easy. It's so natural. And I didn't have a problem getting pregnant, but I went through three miscarriages back to back. And um, I certainly had a problem staying pregnant. So the military wasn't going to do any sort of testing until I had had four miscarriages. And I thought that was just crazy. Like I left that appointment. I remember I just felt sucker punched. You know, I thought like, what the heck is that? Um, That's a lot. Like three is not enough, you know, and I was in my thirties. So, but um, I didn't check all the boxes apparently. So they just kept telling me everything was normal. Everything was normal. And I'm like, but it's not because I'm not staying pregnant. So I started diving into research because I had just gotten to a point where I despised my body. I felt it was working against me here. This is something that, you know, you sort of feel like, okay, I'd been taking care of myself and now it's not working for me. And you sort of go through this whole sort of, you know, hating yourself. And I just sort of one day realized like, I can't keep going down this path. Like that's certainly not helping anything. So I dove into research and that's when I really kind of realized the name for like holistic living, but I didn't necessarily know it was a thing. And it was kind of like this whole world opened up like, oh, these are my people. Like this is a thing. And the one thing I realized that I could control was the food that I put into my body. So I really took it. I went all organic. I really, we lived in Washington state at the time. So it was really a fantastic place that this sort of all began because uh, it is very, very healthy environment, very farmer's market friendly and organic and all of that stuff. So I really just tried to eliminate anything that was not natural, any dyes, and just know that I was creating the most hospitable environment for a child. And then if it wasn't happening, like I, it wasn't my, because I think as much as everybody tells you, it's not your fault when it's your body, not following through, I, there's no convincing yourself. I mean it. Okay. All right. I know it's not my fault. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, damn it, it's totally my fault. And so As I start, what I really started with was one smoothie a day. It's literally the only change that I made. And it was just a gigantic, uh, you know, green smoothie. I would every 
into those seven days, I was like, it was sort of like the black cloud started lifting. And I just thought, oh, there's like, there's really something to this. And then that's how it sort of snowballed into, I slowly just started making more changes, more changes. And like, I would just add some lettuce or some dark greens under put it on the plate and then I would top it with the grilled chicken or the steak that we were eating for dinner. And then as time went on, I just started really bumping up um, the nutrient dense food and sort of cutting out a lot of the other stuff. And I just kept feeling better and better and better. And I had suffered from a lot of arthritis and from a pretty young age. And I remember my husband used to tie the bread bag and I would get pissed because in the morning I would have such a hard time untying it. I'd be like, that's why there's a clip or, you know, <laughs> don't tie the bread. He didn't, he didn't get it because he wasn't experiencing those kind of like achy joints and stuff. And all of that went away. And I'd had that stuff for years. And when I had the arthritis, I just thought, okay, well, this is what I have now. Now I just need to deal with it. So when that sort of disappeared and then my seasonal allergies disappeared, I just thought, oh my God, like I've got to show and teach other people that this is how powerful food is, what you're putting into your body. And so now I'm not a hundred percent organic and all of that. Um, because it just depends, you know, it depends where we are, depends what we're doing. But as I was healing myself, I was very, you know, very sort of within the lines of uh, my goal. So, yeah. And then I went on to have three boys. So, <laughs> See, yeah. it really does matter what we put in our bodies. We've actually had a couple different episodes on the podcast where we've talked about this is no, it's absolutely not your fault. Infertility is not anybody's fault. I mean, exactly. I, I ate like complete shit and you know, <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Like, I don't even know, like, I don't even know how that happened, but you know, but sometimes genetics or environment and stuff like that can play into it. So why not try to tip it in our favor, you know, like exactly. when we're struggling. And so I see that with your story is like, you're trying to tip it in your favor because whatever is going on in your body that you have no control over, you're just trying to take more control over it. And I, I like how you exactly. And you know, healing arthritis, like stuff like that. Our yeah. bodies, when they act up is telling us something, there's a red flag, like something's wrong here. You know, we need to tune in. And, and some people, like I said, I mean, for years I treated my body like complete garbage and it, right. I, it didn't matter. Like, I, you know, I felt nothing now at the, the age that I'm in and I'm in my thirties, thirties seem to be the time that like our bodies decide, you know what, <laughs> treating me like shit long enough. I'm done. I'm right. Done. Yep. Here's payback. <laughs> So now I have to be like very mindful because if I eat like last night, I, I forgot to marinate the dinner we were going to have until my husband would pick up something. Of course we, him and I, our versions of something are completely different. Um, and <laughs> so he comes home with stuff that's like not quite up to like what I would normally eat. And today I feel it a little bit and I don't want to say like, I feel like complete crap, but I'm like, I know I didn't right. eat my body the best last night. You know, if I have one too many glasses of wine, I feel it the next day where when I was in my early twenties, right. I could literally like black out the night before the next day I'd be like, Hey guys, how you doing? What's up? Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's how it all sort of starts is the small changes that you make, you start feeling better and that motivates you to want to do more. But as your body's feeling better, when you do go back and have like, I mean, I still eat pizza. I yeah. still have, I have hamburgers. I just have to have some pizza, man. It. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to stop that stuff, you know, <laughs> but when I do have it the next day, like, and I put my wedding ring on, like my fingers are swollen mm -hmm. and I can feel it in my face and you just become more in tune with how your body reacts when you're eating like that all the time. You don't notice it as much because that's kind of your natural way of feeling. Yeah. You're just naturally feeling like crap all the time. You just don't even right. know it. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Sort of that exhaustion and foggy mind that you can't, you know, focus or anything. Yeah. That's just sort of normal. It's like, you no, know, you don't have to feel that way, but yeah, you got to start feeling better to kind of be motivated to do more. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, like that when I'm, I'm really good about taking care of my body, getting my workouts, doing all the things I'm like, wow, I feel like a Greek goddess here. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then of course, like yeah. I go and I drink too much wine or I have some pizza and then I'm like, oh, this is, this is how this normally feels. Okay. I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. You get a quick reminder and you're like, oh God, I really don't like feeling like shit. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and so I, but I think like, if you had told me this, you know, 10 years ago, I would roll my eyes at you and been like, whatever, because I didn't know what that felt like. My norm was like tired and brain fog and, you know, lethargic and all of those things, which to me, that was normal. Like, and you know, if I felt that way, that was, that was fine. Cause that was norm. But now I can really tell a difference. And I like how you pointed out that you do too. What, what was, what has been your biggest struggle when it comes to healthy eating? Cause let's be honest, it's not easy. Like, cause you just want to, you know, it's, it's nice sometimes to eat like crap. <laughs> it's easy. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, a big struggle is not, is when your partner isn't necessarily on the same page because Hello. when, or your children or your yeah. children, because who's got time to make a different meal for everybody? Like that's, I'm not doing it. I don't I am know. Not doing it. So I have job. just sort of, Oh yeah, totally. Um, and every now and then if they, you know, if I get a lot of like pushback, then I'll just go on strike. You cook for yourself. Everybody yeah. just <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> like I always keep like some, you know, dark leafy greens on hand or spinach or something like that to where, uh, lettuce and stuff to where I can just bump up the veggies and stuff in my meal on it in addition to whatever everybody else is eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I like about eating healthier and really I've gotten, it's funny because when we first started, um, I'm not vegan or vegetarian. I definitely still eat meat and I love bone broths and I think they're very healing and, uh, and I'll cook my vegetables in the pan that I just cooked my husband's steak in, you know, so I'm never going to be vegan because it's all convenience for me. I just got to right. get done with little dishes because I hate doing the dishes. And um, so, but I've really gotten to where I just don't enjoy eating meat as much. And I get to eat a lot more when I'm eating vegetables and fruit. And I'm somebody that's always loved eating a lot of food. I don't want to feel deprived. I don't want to feel starved because you that's when both. you're going to go back. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to feel satisfied after I eat, you know, and I think a big misconception is that that healthy food um, and a lot of it, you know, was from like, uh, cause I'm almost 44 the snack wells and like I remember thinking that Twizzlers were healthy because they were fat free you know back oh my god I love Twizzlers <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh now I'm just you know I just eat like I, I love my smoothies I love my nuts and seeds you know we all we've all learned that fat free is like not the way to go it's just got to be the better fats I could eat cashews all day long. Legit could eat cashews yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. I am huge on hemp seeds. Um, but, you know, you got to be careful with the soldiers. They cannot have anything hemp. They yeah. even banned selling Dr. Bronner's soap. I was pissed. What? Because in Korea, we could, yeah, they, they won't sell it. Like, they wouldn't sell it on post anymore. They took anything with hemp oil in it and removed it from the shelves. I yeah. use it to clean and I'm, my house. And I'm like, and I'm, well, as long as he's not ingesting it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't honestly, think he's drinking I don't even know how they would, Exactly. I don't know how they would even know, but just to keep a career, you know, you don't want to push things. <laughs> yeah. But I, my whole thing is, okay, people are not educated because that's not how hemp seeds work no yeah. I mean that's not the thing that shows up in your blood test okay that's the tea oh, right <laughs> exactly although my husband came home and said the other day they're going to start testing for CBD really so. I know a military spouse I met online who sells CBD oil and she, I like I fully believe like I will just say this and I tried to keep my like political like opinions off the podcast but I think Hell, if alcohol is legal, you should just make marijuana leader legal. Like, why not? Like, it's, it's no worse. Amen. It's yeah. no worse. Like, yeah. and if anything, it actually yeah. has been proven to have healing properties. Now, they Absolutely. say, like, smoking it's probably not the best idea because it can hurt your lungs and stuff like that. But you can eat it. Right. You can put in oils. There's all sorts of kind of thing. And it doesn't even have to be with the THC. I mean, you, the exactly. CBD oil exactly. with THC it helps. Right. Yep. Yep. There are many proven benefits. Yeah, I know. And there's not the, no, the drug effect. Big pharma is just trying to keep it because you know, it's going to take like so many drugs off the market, but like Colorado made so much money on taxes that they were giving people money back. Just like here, (laughs) your money back. (laughs) The schools are fully funded. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Their schools were greatly improved. And I mean, come on, who doesn't need that nowadays? You know, things are tight at schools. Gosh. I always say, I don't know anybody that's gotten in a car accident because they were high on marijuana, but I know plenty of people have gotten in a car accident because that drunk drivers. So I'm just putting that out there. Right. Anybody's listening, they're like, Megan's a big toker. I am not. My husband's <laughs> military. We get in a lot of trouble for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I can check that off the list, but not present day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely I had my sell everything and travel the world, you know. So that takes a bit of, you know. You travel to places that it's legal to to smoke marijuana and have that. Right. I mean, you know, and what's interesting is that everybody smokes it everywhere around the world. Yeah. yeah. Except here. It's very common. <laughs> right. 
we're so progressive but we're like half-assed backwards about things like seriously we think that we're so cool and really you go around the world and they're like so laid back and they do all this cool shit and I'm just like can I move can I move now thank you (laughs) yeah yeah I know um well that's kind of like being a holistic um nutritionist versus like mainstream science you get that you're messing with like you're wanting things to go the natural route and then that messes with big pharma and they're gonna push back you know so you get a lot you got to be careful um you know things that you do and say because yeah it's crazy big farmers there's money there's lots of money involved (laughs) There is. And I think that's why um, our doctors nowadays, not to bash doctors, they're absolutely useful. Why instead of trying to fix your diet or fix your lifestyle, they're like, here's the pill. Because that's what they're trained. Money, 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 money. Like who do you think is supporting medical schools? It's big pharma. Like, so they're willing to like give you a pill instead of saying, or focus on what really drives me nuts is like, if you're having a problem, they're focusing on that one problem instead of the whole body approach of like how your whole body is working together that's creating that one problem, right? My right. doctor tried to convince me that my issues every month um, are not because of my three C-sections or my tubal ligation when I've done a lot of research and very well, women are having the same issues I am because of those things. Like... I have back issues, like right where they had the, they injected for each of my C-sections, um, my wow. tubal ligation ever since I had it done, um, aunt Flo is just a bitch. Like she does not work uh, with me and they'll, right. they'll, my doctor's like, there's something wrong with you. And I was like, no, there is something wrong with me, but you're just not going to admit that maybe it's, you shouldn't be giving me a pill to fix. You want to put me on birth control. I'm like, there, there's a reason that I had my tubes tied. Yeah. I don't want to put right. extra chemicals in my body. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, well, and I'm sort of convinced that maybe that was part of my problem. I mean, I was on the pill from like 18 years old to like just before 31, like that probably really screwed me up on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like my body was like trying to do its thing. And then here I was trying to counteract it. And, you know, I mean, it was a means to an end at the time. Like I said, I knew I didn't want a baby, Um, But there's so much out there now that it's like, I I really honestly don't know what the answer would have been for me. Um, But I do think it messed with my fertility. It's been proven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they say your body has to detox from it. Right. And I don't know if somebody would have said, hey, by the way, you could have fertility issues later. I would have probably been like, who cares? You know, I mean, because I just wouldn't have understood the magnitude of that and how upsetting it would be at some day. But, but yeah, I definitely think that it is. It's a hard choice, right? Because I like I put my teenage daughter on birth control because I don't want to be a grandma. Right. And I know what it does, but I also know like at 15, not that she's having sex. That's not what I'm saying. If, right. if when she decides to, she's not going to be like counting the days and seeing when she's fertile. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. Because I knew I did not want a baby, you know, so I wanted to take that off the table and the birth control pill was the, you know, the best fit for me at the time. But, but yeah, I definitely think there was something about how long I was on it. 
that it definitely messed my system up. So I had to do so much correcting, you know, um, and, and I started getting acupuncture and like, I really kind of tried to dive into all of the, um, like Eastern medicine type of, um, thinking behind it and stuff. And so I absolutely love acupuncture. I wish insurance covered it. <laughs> it does do for it active regularly. duty. Oh, wow. If, yeah. you, if they can, if you have a problem, my husband's doing acupuncture for his migraine oh, cool. right now, but it has to obviously like anything else that has to do with ac- like the military covering it has to be a doctor. I don't think it, they cover it for spouses, but it has to be like a doctor right. says, you know, we need to try this. But they're coming, they're making strides. They That's are. Great. They do. Um, <laughs> chiropractic funny. service is covered for active duty military. Same thing. So nice. they are making strides. And I think that the, I think the United States culture as a whole is kind of like shifting to a more natural approach. It's just taking a long freaking time because right. some of us are more like on the up and up for it. And other people are just like, I don't know what's wrong with the chemicals in my shampoo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or all the artificial dyes. It's funny because in Korea, we didn't have to, that's not a big thing in a lot of other countries. Now I'm sure they had stuff with artificial dyes, but you just, it not like in America. Oh my gosh, not like in America and everything there, like all their pastries and stuff barely have any sugar. Like they barely taste sweet. So I loved them. They were perfect because there weren't sickeningly sweet desserts, you know, But um, we came back to America and within, I don't know, whatever, 24 hours, one of my kids picked up some, I can't remember what it was, but it was some typical at the gas station candy that had a ton of artificial dyes. Within minutes of him eating a handful, he, his head started hurting. And I don't mm-hmm. think he'd ever really had a headache before. So he was just like, or he was at an age where he could really tell me what was going on. And he was like, my head hurts, my head hurts. There's no doubt in my mind. It was that flood of, cause I wrote a paper about that in school too. How in, within like 30 seconds, those artificial dyes are affecting your brain mm-hmm. and your entire body. Like, but we're just so used to it and everything. But because he had kind of detoxed out of that with all of the Korean um, goods and stuff that he just, his body wasn't used to that. And then instantly was flooded with it and he felt horrible, you know, but he's a kid. So after, you know, a few days he was right back at it and wanted, you know, more candy and stuff. But But I could see how quickly, you know, it really happened. And it's that it happens to them every time. It's just normally your body's used to it. So you don't notice the strong effects that it's having on you. Yeah. And we want to fit in as silly as that sounds. We want to fit in. We do want to be the weirdo that was, is like, no, I can't eat that. No, I can't eat that. Even though, you know, it's going to feel like shit the next day. You don't want to be that person. I mean, I was that person for a long time. It was a very painful time of my life. Um, But even like in the United States, and I'm sure you know this, but other people listening may not know, we're allowed to put chemicals in our food that other countries banned. Yes. And it makes me furious. Yeah. That's one reason I'd love to be stationed in Germany. They don't have to like, uh, so much is not allowed because they're just looking out for the health of their people, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's what we, 
we really need to start doing is looking out, not just, I mean, listening to your stories, looking out for our own health, like not just trusting that, again, right. not pat bashing doctors or anybody like that, but like, what are some things that we can take control of that will help us better ourselves and better our health and better our families? Exactly. Um, you know, there, there's this give and take. And my, my husband and I always get an argument about this because I don't think he fully like takes it as seriously as I do where I'm like, no, that's not, no. And he's like, why not? And I'm just like, <laughs> he's like, well, we grew up on Kool-Aid and this and that. I'm like, that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> right. Well, I always love the argument. Well, everyone's going to die anyways. And I'm like, yeah, but you can either sort of you know, you never know how you're going to go, but it could be excruciating or it could be in a more natural way. Like, you know, I mean, you can set yourself up for failure, you know, and it's really going to not be a pretty way to go. Um, or hopefully if you take care of yourself, then, you know, you get to enjoy. I mean, I'm, I was an older parent, so my kids are only eight, seven, and four, and I'm almost 44. So I need to be on my game yeah. <laughs> because they're a lot of energy and I would love to meet my grandkids one day, you know? I mean, gosh, if they wait like I did, I'm going to be old <laughs> by the time I have kids. <laughs> That's motivation to be healthy right there, right? <laughs> like I hear the average age is 78 that people die in the United States. My challenge accepted. <laughs> like that's not me. My goal is 100 here, but like 100 and like spry, not like 100 and laying in a hospital bed. So like. Well, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can either sit and, you know, there's the ones that can barely, it was sort of every now and then in your career, you sort of get to this, you have a downtime and you start questioning, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I making an impact? And, and my family took a few days and got away and we went to the Omaha zoo and it's a huge zoo. It's amazing. But there, the majority of people were very unhealthy and like, I could see it in their eyes. They were trying to be there for their family. They were trying to have fun, but they were miserable like uh, physically uncomfortable. And it's like, you can get out and enjoy your family and enjoy your time and have these experiences, or you're just sort of getting through it. And it's just such a better experience when you're not just sort of grinning and bearing it and sort of putting on that face because everybody can see it as much as you try to hide it. So <clears throat> that's really kind of what I do is help people get back on track to, to feeling better. Well, tell us a little bit about that. Share with us what sort of tips and tricks that you share with your clients to help them. I mean, easy, implementable things that somebody listening may not even be remotely close to them. Healthy maybe because that's whole wheat pasta which I'm not bashing whole wheat pasta, but what I'm right. saying, <laughs> that's right. not it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I am big on just trying to get real foods, like honest to goodness. Instead of grabbing a packaged protein bar, grab a handful of nuts and maybe some dried cherries and throw in a few dark chocolate chips in there or something. Like you, could, you don't have to be all or nothing, but 
it doesn't, it's when you start doing all of the, the processed manufacturing and it's sitting on shelves, the summertime is a fabulous time to get your fresh produce, find what's, you know, abundant in your stores and get your melons and your tomatoes. And I highly encourage people to get out to their farmer's markets just because it's great for the community. It's good for your local economy. And, you know, these farmers work hard. They work really hard and they bust their butts to, you know, sort of get by really. So I'm big into um, sort of helping each other out. They're growing this amazing produce for you and then you're helping them, you know, have a, have a life. So really smoothies. I'm huge on smoothies because I love to just throw in the frozen, you can keep everything on hand. It, it can all be in the freezer, your nuts or your seeds and frozen berries. You can just get the, whatever the cheapest one is at the time, the frozen blueberries or peaches or something, and then throw in some spinach, some raw spinach, because spinach can be broken down in, it, you don't have to have like the super fancy blender. If you start throwing in kale or something like that, you kind of need a little bit yeah. better <laughs> of a blender if you're not ready to invest in that because it is an investment. Mm -hmm. But I also think that when you invest in things is when you're taking it a little more seriously because if you're going to drop 400 for a blender, you're, you're probably going to use it because you don't want it just sitting there mocking you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, and so then when you actually start making a big smoothie, I'll make a giant one. I'll drink one in the morning and then I will pack one. This last year, one of my, one of my kiddos had to go to Sylvan. So when it was 30 minutes away in a different town. So as we're driving there, I would take the other out of the fridge and I would drink that on the way. So that had a handful of nuts in it. I don't keep a bunch of nut milks on hand. I'll just throw in five to seven cashews. And by the time you add your fruits and veggies and some water, it makes its own nut milk when you're blending it up because I'm the only one that's going to consume it in the house and I'm not going to consume enough to buy this whole container of nut milk. So that's what I will do. That, that's one of my big suggestions because I love throwing in raw beets and berries and greens, blend that up. And that's an amazing smoothie. Banana. Banana is a great natural sweetener. It's really going to add a kick. And if you need to throw in a splash of juice, especially in the beginning, that's what I did because I was so used to things being sweet. I'd throw in a splash of juice. You're still getting your fruits and veggies. It doesn't have to be balls to the wall. I got to do all of this because when it's like too much and you're overwhelmed, you're not going to follow through with it. You know? Yeah. I always tell my clients to implement one thing at a time instead of trying to do all the things all at once. And I like how you said it's an investment. It's an investment in your house. I say the same thing about coaching, like coaching with me. Right. I'm like, it's an investment. It's, this is not going to be, because I want people to take it seriously, but not only that, exactly. like this is something that's going to change your life. Like, <laughs> versus right. And I know when I go to buy something, yeah, that I, I don't go for the cheapest because I don't really take that seriously. I don't go like Gucci, but yeah. you know, I go like somewhere in the middle. And then that's when I know that, you know, I'm usually probably going to get a quality product and mm -hmm. it's going to be something that I appreciate. And yeah, same thing with business. You don't, don't want to undersell yourself because then people will just spend the money and then they're not, they're not invested. invested. In yeah. Yeah. 
Right. I I know like sometimes I'll get people that I'll tell them how much like a month of coaching with. And in the coaching industry, I'm actually on the way affordable end. Like, cause I've, I know some coaches that charge like upwards of a thousand dollars an hour, you know, like, so it can get a little, a a little expensive. Um, but it's an investment. Like one, my time is valuable. And two, um, it is an investment in yourself. And I feel like you got to have skin in the game. Like if you, if you're spending like a hundred dollars on a month of coaching with me, you're not going to take that seriously. I mean, some people spend a hundred dollars in Starbucks a month. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love how that you brought up. It's an investment. So you're investing in your health and the things that are important to you. And yes, eating healthy can be more expensive than just buying quick, easy junk food, but it's also more filling than buying quick, easy junk food. Like if I right. eat a tweet, and I don't think it's not going to fill yeah. me up as much as if I eat a banana. Exactly. And then you get on that sugar roller coaster. So you have the Twinkie and then you want some chips and then you want something sweet and then you want something salty. And then you're just like, it's steamrolling. And then all of a sudden you've had like $15 worth of snacks, you know, (laughs) when you could have had a more healthy meal that really kind of satisfied you and made you feel good, you know? Right. I don't know. There's something about um, having just a really good, healthy meal that just always kind of, you know, makes me like so excited when I'm eating it. I agree. And it doesn't have to be boring. Like I use Pinterest and no. I find some of the most yeah. amazing healthy meals. I for I made something uh, not last night. It was the night before. It was a Cuban quinoa bowl. And I found it on Pinterest. Mm. I'll link it up in the show notes. But it was like no processed anything. And my husband is like, this is delicious. Like, I love it so much. It was so good. It had like all the different, it had veggies and then it had quinoa and then it had like um, sweet potatoes and it had like a dressing made from cashews. Mm -hmm. So good. And Mm. he was like, this is delicious. And it was so filling that like, he was like, I don't think I can eat all this. Like, and you know, I'm like, that's because it's stuff that fills you up. Um, so we are wrapping yeah. up the podcast right now. Right. Pam. If there's something that you could leave my audience with, what would you want them to know? Uh, that the way you feel today is not a life sentence. If you feel horrible, you don't, or if you f- just, the way you feel today is not a life sentence that you can absolutely start feeling better, but you have to believe that you deserve it. And your health doesn't change based on hope. Action is required. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many of us are looking for- all day long. <laughs> hope to feel better all day long. <laughs> so many of us are looking for a quick fix. And I actually just posted in the Inspired yeah. Women community talking about how I was open to taking on a one-on-one client. And one of the things I said was, this is not for women who are looking for quick fixes because you actually exactly. have to be able to take action and you actually have to be able to right. do the thing. Like you can't snap your fingers and suddenly everything's working great. Uh, right. So I love that you shared this. And you also shared with me when you filled out everything for the podcast is you have a free challenge. Is that right? Yes. Yes. A free kickstart your healthy body and mind three day challenge. And it's a three day meal plan. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two snacks. It's a shopping list. So you can check off everything you have on hand. 
already. And then it's a five vital steps to your optimal health e-guide. I like it. And I will link that up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. So if anybody wants to get in on that, that they should do it. I mean, it sounds like a great, I mean, where else are you going to get all those meals for you? Like seriously, Pam, you should be charging some money for this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what you doing, girl? Like that sounds great. Um, and I, I love that you're doing that. And I'll definitely share that and link that up. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story and sharing your wisdom. So hopefully somebody listening is like, you know what? This is the one freaking thing I haven't tried yet. So I might as well just try it out. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.